everybody, and welcome back to another week of animation, broadcast, and cinema. My name is Bo Allen. I'm Jacob Rodier. And we are here to talk to you about movies. And we wanted to start off with something that I saw last week and Jacob just saw, Shang-Chi. What did you think? Yeah, it was good. It was definitely uh, a little surprise that Marvel brought, I thought. I did think that it did kind of follow the basic origin story formula that they do for all their movies. But the action was amazing. I thought the camera movement was amazing. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was really well done. And it kept me entertained. It's definitely one of the, the better Marvel films I've seen recently. The origin, I thought it, it was... I mean, there's. I don't think there's a, really a fresh way to do an origin story movie. It's kind of yeah. Hard. I was thinking about that because like there was like a ton of exposition, and they kept like explaining stuff through dialogue a bunch. But it's hard to avoid that, really. And so I, you know, I went into it with that in mind, you know, expecting all that stuff. And mm-hmm. for that, it was, it, it was a really good origin story. It was the most entertained I've been by an origin story in a while. Yeah, the action was so well done. It's the choreography and the fighting. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. The camera movement was fantastic, like you said. And there's one big CGI scene that we're not going to spoil because, you know, these all turn into CGI fights at the end. I thought for the scale of what they were doing, which is uh, I didn't really expect even in this movie, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought the ending was very good with the, the big CGI battle. It was thought, it, it was very colorful, I thought. Oh, the colors in this movie. I'm glad they let that happen too, because like yeah, know, Marvel likes to gray out a bunch of stuff. And this one was actually like super colorful pretty much the entire time, except for you know, certain locations where they were doing that on purpose to make you like feel something. Right. What did you think of the rings? Like the, the actual rings themselves? Yeah, I thought so going into it, I didn't know much about Shang-Chi is one of the characters i didn't know a lot about in marvel um and the 10 rings were something i even knew i knew even less about because the few times i've read about shang chi in comics he didn't have them and i thought they were pretty cool honestly i thought they were gonna be kind of lame going into it but i mean cinematically it looked awesome and they seemed uh, a lot more powerful than i thought they were gonna be yeah that's how how i felt too because like originally just seeing them i'm like 10 rings i'm like all right whatever (laughs) But they like did a really good yeah. job with them. I thought they were, like, I think there's the sound design was just so satisfying oh, to, like, watch yeah. the rings do their thing. It was crazy. Oh, my gosh. It sounded great. And it, um, like I said, I mean, it looked great, too. They, they were doing some cool shit with that thing. Yeah. And shout out the uh, director. Um, I'm blanking on his name. I think his last name's Cretton. I forget his first name, though. Um, but he um, made Short Term 12, which is one of my favorite movies. It's a small indie movie that came out a while ago. And now he's directing Marvel movies, which is crazy. That's what they like to do, though. They'll take, I mean, John Watts wasn't huge. Right. Um, they'll do, sometimes they'll do that. Um, by the time they uh, started filming Eternals, they didn't know Chloe Zhao was going to win that Oscar. It was Destiny yeah. Daniel Cretton, by the way. Um, right. They'll take smaller directors and be like, hey, you can do a little bit of your thing, but like not too much because, you know, we have a brand to protect. And Yeah. So I'm curious be... about Eternals. I want to see how far Chloe Zhao like pushed them to do her own thing. From the trailer, it already kind of looks like it's one of her type of movies. Yeah, I did it, see the trailer because really it played before Shang-Chi, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely has her style to it. So we'll see. 
that's i mean it kind of like there were a couple shots that i was like oh is this nomad land like <laughs> yeah they have the nice really natural like sunlight shots the sunset mm-hmm. shots which yeah. is hard to get it's hard to get those in marvel movies because kevin feige doesn't like to go outside um <laughs> yeah they need their four green screen walls um yeah i'm eternal is one i'm very looking forward to and this was another uh, decent weekend for Shang-Chi at the box office. I mean, not decent at all compared to last weekend. It was $34 million, which I think is a good thing to see, you know? Still pretty good because most yeah. movies this summer have had like a bad second week drop off, I'm pretty sure. It, it's $144,516,211 total gross, which is pretty good. for Yeah, that's drama. solid. Good for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope movies are back. Because there's a really good um, slate coming up of movies, uh, just a bunch of stuff in in October coming out that I'm really excited for. Yeah, well, now Disney is not putting any more movies on streaming. Huge, huge. Uh, it's going to be like the 45 day run, and then it'll go on streaming. But oh yeah. man, I guess Shang Chi was their deciding factor for that. And I'm glad they stuck to it. Yeah, it's great um and speaking of box office runs and streaming releases another movie came out uh and and the movie that came out this weekend the biggest one i think that came out this weekend uh directed by james wan of insidious saw and aquaman fame malignant you're not going to mention the conjuring oh and the conjuring i forgot the all right he's got a bunch of classics man i I forgot the conjuring is great though and i saw insidious more recently um like give me like a sentence on this movie oh man Uh, sentence uh that shit crazy that's what i'll say it is unexpectedly that shit crazy i can't like even get into analysis because i can't stop laughing it's not a funny movie it is one of the most (laughs) absurd premises Oh, it's hilarious, the movie. It's it's, it is hilarious, but like it's also not like I, I can't describe it. Like I was laughing uncomfortably at a lot of it. It makes me it made me feel weird. I definitely I was watching like especially the first two thirds. I'm like, all right, what is he trying to do here? Like I wasn't really sure what he was going for. And then the third act hits, and you're just like, oh my god, this is incredible. Oh, it's it's such like a basic kind of horror thriller like there wasn't even that many horror elements to it in the first two-thirds and I went into it like somebody had somebody had mentioned from the um animation broadcast and cinema like chat that we have for the magazine like hey this movie came out today everybody's saying first two-thirds are super slow and then the third the last act just goes completely off the rails and it does not slow down and then you hit the credits and it's over and i was like yep that's a perfect way to describe it yeah but also i feel like in the first two thirds he kind of subverted a lot of like horror tropes in a way like without without spoiling anything there's one part where uh a character goes into like a creepy abandoned asylum place and you're expecting something to like jump out and like scare them but nothing ever happens it just like they go on with the scene so I feel like he and was kind of playing with the audience a little bit during that. The thing I liked about that too is I was expecting like a fake out scare at least, you know, like mm-hmm. I hate when it's like the freaking cat in Alien when you're like, oh man, somebody's about to get it right here. And then it's just the cat being an asshole. Yeah. Like it's the worst. He's he, 
which or is when they do the thing, they do the thing with uh when a character's like oh okay we're safe and then immediately after they yeah. try to scare you those are you know tropes in and of themselves and he just kind of completely avoided that in points but then also like i don't know like some of the stuff with the like um i'd say the secondary police character you know the one who mm-hmm. wasn't as much in the lead like she was a stereotypical cop like i'm too yeah. old for this shit like but she also cop. was like the most realistic i feel like out of it was I don't know. It's, Maybe she was supposed to be the grounding part because I also felt like the acting performances were not that great, but they were purposely not that great. Oh, they were the. It's a hundred percent supposed to be like an '80s slasher movie, which I am a sucker for. Yeah, so, I think he was purposely trying to make like a B movie, like you said, '80s horror movie. Yeah, it's totally cheesy, but it's wild. It is an insane. I cannot describe to you enough how much i need people to go see this movie like oh yeah would totally recommend because it's it's like it might be on like the october horror movie schedule because i love this movie so much (laughs) i would not be mad watching it again i've already talked to some of my friends about it and they're like yeah we need to watch this again like it's uh, it's already one of my favorite releases of the year james wan is a madman i can't wait for people who go and watch it and you're not that into it at the beginning, just to stick with it. Oh man, if if you're in the theater, I mean, I don't, it's it's not bad enough of a movie that people would walk out of it. But if you're like watching it at home and you're like, ah, this isn't grabbing me, you, you oh man, stick with you it. You need to it's watch it. it. <laughs> oh brother, um, last third act, man. Oh man, I can't, I can't. Oh Jesus, um. The monster right. itself, like before we move on, the monster itself oh. is so creepy. Like, what a crazy like design for a monster. Oh, it is. James Wan got real creative with this one. Real, <laughs> yeah. real creative. I don't think anyone saw that coming, no matter what. There was no part of me that expected what happened. I couldn't even. Oh, I can't. I can't. I, I feel like I'm going to give too much away. Um, but you know, we've been talking about releases and box office and stuff and um christopher nolan pretty pretty big news uh it's christopher nolan your favorite director um (laughs) pretty big news coming out uh over the last couple days uh his next movie is with universal instead of his longtime partner warner brothers he's very angry he's very angry at warner brothers um universal is now my best friend (laughs) <laughs> and i mean i think this was expected i don't know if people expected it to be universal but i get i mean he's not making one for Disney. well apparently he was going around shopping like he was going sony, to sony apple Sony was in it yeah he oh yeah he talked to streamers too but there's no way he was putting it on a streamer i think he just wanted to hear how much money they would give him um, yeah no way and so uh, they gave him a hundred million dollars to make the movie, right? That's the budget for this one. Yeah, which is surprisingly small. Uh, yeah, uh, Tenet was two hundred mil. Um, yeah, and that one lost fifty million. But I'm pretty also- sure, like in- Inception was like one sixty. Dark Knight was probably around two hundred. Like all of them have usually been around two hundred. Um, yeah, and I mean most movies now, at least big budget pictures by big name directors are around there i feel like you know 
Um, yeah. And also the plot of this movie was revealed by Nolan's making is that it's about the nuclear bomb, um, the creation yeah. of the nuclear bomb during World War II. Manhattan II. Project. And it's specifically about J. Robert Oppenheimer. Right. And um, they also added a big thing that people were talking about today is the like clause in the deal where Universal can't release any movies three weeks before or after the premiere of this movie. And I think I've read on Variety that this is a clause that he had with Warner Brothers. Um, that's That was the deal with Warner Brothers and everybody for some reason is just now like being like, hey, what the hell? Why is Universal giving him this? Like I've seen it actually with like some controversy, but this has been going on for a while. Like Warner Brothers, I, I can't think of another Warner Brothers movie that premiered anywhere near his others. Well, the let's say what the uh, agreement was. So I think it was total creative control, control which is obvious. Yeah, final cut. At, at least a hundred day theatrical window, which, okay, makes sense for Nolan. Around a hundred million budget, like we said. It's like, it's a little low for him, but all right. Uh, equal marketing spend, 20% of the first dollar gross and a blackout period where the studio would not release another movie for three weeks before and after the feature, which is pretty right. big. So I saw a lot of jo- like in the Variety article that was uh, written by Rebecca Rubin and Brent Lang. Um, they were making jokes about like, oh, I guess Minions Twelve can't come out in that window. <laughs> I was a nice. good board. If they wanted to do like a, isn't uh, Dune going to be Universal? No one's revision because it's category agnostic. No, Dune is Warner Brothers. Oh, it's it is now. Warner Brothers. Oh, I guess they were doing this as like a comparison to Warner Brothers. Yeah, like say if they wanted to release Dune Part 2, it can come out near there. Right. Um, yeah, like Disney would never do agree to this. If you no, because they do. No. They have massive movies every month. But I can't believe he took meetings from streamers considering the biggest thing <laughs> that he had a problem with. I'm sure he was Warner just Brothers shopping Star. around just to see like what he could get from people. Or he was doing it to piss off Warner Brothers yeah he he i mean his comments on warner brothers were not nice it was he called as he like uh he said some of uh, our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio movie studio sorry and woke up to find out how they were working for the worst streaming service savage which is brutal because hbo max is a pretty good streaming service they got some heaters on there no i think he was just heated because they didn't tell the directors about the whole streaming thing which is totally fair do you think he has an hbo max subscription (laughs) honestly i bet his wife does (laughs) um on the side he doesn't she doesn't tell Nolan about it she watches it in secret she had no one's off white lotus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um what's his face jonathan nolan his brother and lisa joy make westworld westworld's on hbo it's oh yeah thing. oh yeah that's totally oh yeah you totally that's, that's, that show went downhill um that Which is a one? that is another episode that is another game um all right uh so you he's nolan's famous for messing with timelines What's what's the what's the what's the catch gonna be here? Honestly, I think this is gonna be like a Dunkirk situation. This is a very like historical film, and he's gonna do something where it's gonna be like a, a straight story, 
but he's gonna tell it like backwards or something like he's gonna start like the middle of the story then go to the beginning and then go to the end like he's not gonna there's not gonna be any like time elements involved he's just gonna like play with how he tells the story i think like he did with dunkirk dunkirk infuriates me really no end i don't i i hate it um Uh, (laughs) i'll say i have to have an episode about it i just like that movie i will do an episode about it um i i well you mentioned this like he's gonna go like what if like they test the bomb or something and it like knocks his soul out of his body are they gonna do like a alternate reality thing maybe like it splits time and he sees one where like he sees one where it hits Japan and he sees one where it doesn't. Mm. And they're playing split screen down the middle at the same time. Or this is a sequel to Tenet. Because at the end of Tenet, they're basically <laughs> trying to hide the nuke or destroy the nuke. But maybe in this yeah. universe, they didn't. And it ended up being World a, War II. Is this a sequel or a prequel to Tenet? Because of the way time works in Tenet. Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's they play if you start this movie it picks up where tenet ends but the end of it also picks up where it starts and <laughs> you have to play this movie in reverse to actually watch it oh my god yeah that would be <laughs> he's got projectionists going insane trying to reel spin the, <laughs> the yeah. film backwards yeah oh he gets it to them the wrong way <laughs> oh jesus no but i don't know because okay. i feel like tenet tenet was definitely like not like i was gonna say magnum opus but not in terms of like quality of the film but in terms of like him being his himself the most and like using all the elements he usually does like he threw like all his stuff into tenet and i think after this he's gonna gonna take a break and kind of like go from the ground zero again and start with like a historical piece and kind of i don't know not use as many crazy elements as he usually does and that's what this movie is that'd be my guess yeah yeah i um I mean, I didn't even really like Tenet. I've told you, I've told, we talked about this a bunch. I I do think it's his idea of a magnum opus. And it's like, it's him saying like, hey, look how much I understand time. And I'm just like, <laughs> dude, I don't care. I like <laughs> Give it, me a movie. I, I it definitely know. is very, very confusing and it's not perfect. It just feels pretentious to me. Yeah. So I think this is him kind of just taking a step back and just making something I don't know, a little less chaotic. I hope, I hope so, because I like him a ton. I think he's a great director. I love uh, Inception. I love Interstellar. I love the Batman movies, obviously. The Prestige is good. Um, he's, makes, he's made tons of great movies. And um, yeah. I think he's... I hope he makes a he... real nuke for this. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the catch. It's watching to go in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> drop a real nuke. The kind of new Hiroshima again. That's exact. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> saying you want to see the ultimate re- re- time realism. <laughs> it's all right. We'll reverse it. Oh, like it actually like never happened. Yeah. Oh man. He. Yeah. I hope it's good. Either um, way, I'm excited. I am too. And new uh, Nolan movie has already got it planned out. I think they're starting production relatively soon. I think beginning of next year. I read. I mean, the, the, he was offered tons of money for it, obviously, and he had people come in and read the script, uh, like studio execs, because he didn't want it to get leaked. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I guess everybody liked it enough to give him these big deals. 
Yeah, I mean, he's also one of like the most prestigious directors. So I think people are literally like just coming up to him and being like, yes, we'll take your movie. Well, I'm hoping it's more because they like the plot and not because of the name, but I'll, I'll take it. I, I mean, don't, he was I able to make all these demands. That's that's a big boss move. Yeah. I don't, I don't dislike um, Nolan movies. I will never, except for Dunkirk, and I will never complain about getting a Nolan movie, except for That's Dunkirk. crazy you don't like Dunkirk. We definitely got to talk about that. Uh, not for me. Not for me. A lot of his other movies. Enough. Are. All right. And then the last thing we have on our sheet here is a movie that I am quite excited about, but you are not, is a movie premiering this Friday on, I think, HBO Max and in theaters i will be going to see it in theaters as soon as i get out of my classes on friday <laughs> i'm jacked up for this movie it is cry macho directed and starring clint eastwood all right before i shit on this i'm not going to but <laughs> props to clint eastwood he's, he's 91, 91 years old exactly and he's starring and directing in his own movie that's I mean, respect mad respect i just want to see this 91 year old man <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I will see it for that. But I saw this trailer um, in theaters, I think it was before the card counter when I saw that last week. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea this movie even existed or is coming out. And just watching this trailer, I'm like, okay, this is pure Oscar bait. Like it looked like every single Oscar bait movie I've ever seen. And I'm like, what? why are you doing this, Clint? Like, I get like you love making movies and stuff, but like do something different. I feel like I've seen this movie 20 times. It is blood, baby. Yes, and it's about a fucking rooster named Macho. That's not what it's not about the rooster. It's not about the rooster. The rooster is a big part of the trailer. Well, it's a it's not really about the rooster. It's about he's this guy hired him to go get his son from Mexico because his son lived like this guy, it's like some rancher's son, and the rancher's son lives with his wife or his ex-wife who's a rich Mexican lady and he has to, and he's like, she's like, all right, take my kid. And then she sends like thugs after him to go get him. I, I can't remember the exact word in the plot. It was like thugs or henchmen or hitmen or something basic like that. I'm sure it will be extremely mediocre. And it's 91 year old Clint Eastwood fighting off some, I hope he does some fighting. I'll love it. No, I'm respect to Clint Eastwood for still making movies at 91 years old. That's he, crazy impressive. I mean, movies are in his blood, dude. He's made some heaters just directing. And I mean, everybody oh, yeah. knows about the acting. No, he's stuff. a legend for sure. I'm not shitting on Clint oh, Eastwood, God. but I'm, I just I'm saw this trailer. Anytime. I just saw this trailer and I was like, all right, I don't need to see this. This, this He made Jersey Boys and American Sniper in the same year. That is insane that he made a musical which by the way huge jersey boys fan love it uh, i've never seen it that's that's because i was raised by my grandmother who was raised on their music and mm. well not raised by my grandmother but <laughs> she showed me a bunch of music and i loved that movie and American Sniper's pretty good i don't know if it's aged well it's pretty good i liked it well, i remember from that movie is the fake baby Oh, that's one of the. Oh, that's it. Might just be Bradley Cooper movie. using his little finger just to move in the baby's arm. Yeah, and it's no, uh, so it might be a worse, ba- worse fake baby than Annette. That's not a joke. <laughs> that's not oh, yeah. a joke either. Because it took me like ten minutes of Annette to be like, "Wait, is that a puppet or is that a baby?" <laughs> like I was like, hey, "What are we doing here?" <laughs> quick, quickly on Annette, I was yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, 
are they trying to make this seem like a real baby or is it actually supposed to be a fake baby and i I couldn't tell for the first like 20 minutes and then i kind of was like all right i get it now i hope annette gets some oscar buzz so we can talk about it in full even though i think it's too weird to but i hope it does i don't know i just i think it's too weird for the oscars it's so weird yeah i can't i think i think about it twice a day and i saw it like say. three or four weeks ago i'm so perplexed like about it oh yeah. man it stays the in my mind still, the rigors still doing articles on it and i read one the other day and i'm just like what what are we doing here it's crazy. i still don't know if i like love it or hate it it's just like either. it's so out there man yeah i'm just i would highly I, recommend it for those who haven't seen it it's it's definitely a trip in itself this, I'm still looking at Clint Eastwood's IMDb. Um, I scroll forever. It's, it's so it's so impressive. Oh yeah. Um, Unforgiven, fantastic yep. movie. Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. Oh Jesus! I don't know if I'll ever watch that movie again unless we do it on the show. Mm. <laughs> it is a tough one. Outlaw yeah. Josie Wales. Holy hell! Great western. Yeah. The Rookie. Great baseball movie classic is that the one with kevin costner can't remember yeah i think so uh no it's not i'm thinking of something else oh i thought he was in that one no charlie sheen is in it oh yeah what movie am i thinking of oh this is not a this is not the baseball movie there is a baseball movie with the rookie called called that has kevin Co- it, okay That's what i thought right that was a word jumble there's a baseball movie called The Rookie with Kevin Costner, but this one is not that at all. There's two rookies. It's a Clint. This is a Clint Eastwood, Charlie Sheen buddy cop movie that I have to watch immediately. Wow. Veteran, a veteran detective, I'm guessing Clint Eastwood, is assigned a rookie partner after his previous partner is killed by a car theft gang. He is determined to apprehend those responsible for his friend's death, but his new partner isn't really up to the task. I. That's a. What watch. year is this movie? 1990. Oh, okay. So he's a little younger. Give me, give me that one. He still looks 80 in the, in the picture. <laughs> I feel he like shot, he hasn't changed in like 20 years. 50, the first 50% of his career, he was out in the desert. That guy looks, he's looked like tanned leather since 1960. <laughs> yeah, he just reached his like peak oldness and just stayed there. <laughs> and he's going to stay uh, there. A Fistful of Dollars was 1964, and before then, he was on nothing but, like, Western TV shows. That guy is so sun-dried, it is insane. Do you think he's going to keep making movies till he dies? I I would love... This is kind of mean to say. I need to think of a way to put it. I, I, I hope he finishes the final edit of his last movie. I just... <laughs> drops and i'm like and it's like his magnum opus uh could you someone has to be making a documentary about that as he's making that film a movie think of the publicity run if he yeah it's it's like the heart of darkness and apocalypse now yeah could you imagine the publicity run if clint eastwood died at the editing in the editing booth just oh my god that would be pretty insane I remember when the mule came out, everybody was like, oh, look, he's, this is like an action movie and he's 89. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to see that. And I actually kind of haven't. But I am, I do want to see Cravacho because I want to see if he can ride a horse. He's a horse wrangler. I want to watch mm, a 90 year old. There were horses in the trailer. I, I think he was riding one of them. Man. Oh, God, don't get me started. 
No, I'm curious oh, just because it's because he's 91 years old and he's still doing this. But I don't know. To me, it looked pretty basic. Plus, I just love westerns and like I don't know. I'm I also just need an excuse to go to the theaters again. So fair enough. I'm not I'm not too interested in the card counter. Although I will watch. Eh, it. it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll you can wait for streaming. streaming. Um, but that movie, little segue here, isn't it? Uh, starring Oscar Isaac. It is, and he was fantastic in that role. You know who else? As well else? as this one. Yeah, what else is Sarah and Oscar Isaac? It's Ex Machina, our pick of the week. Yes, sir. So why don't we take a little break, and then we'll come back and talk about our movie of the week, Ex Machina. Hey, everybody. It's Bo here to tell you about our sponsor, Album Book Club. It is a book club, but, you know, for albums. And uh, they have weekly picks that they put out on their Twitter, at Album Book Club 1. And they uh, have curators that choose picks week by week. Uh, It can range from hip-hop to bluegrass to death metal to indie to pop. It's all over the place. Uh, It's a great way to discover new music. I've been following them and working with them for quite some time. They also put out their magazines on albumbookclub.com. They just put out an issue with Osar and Paris Price. Uh, They have great merch over there. It's all great-looking stuff. Um, Definitely check them out. Give the Twitter a follow. Give the page um, a look. It's great stuff. You're not going to be disappointed. Good way to discover music. Let's get back to the movie. All right, and we are back, and we are here to talk about Ex Machina, which hurt my brain a lot. <laughs> it was the first time I had seen it, I am sad to say. Um, yeah, that's wild. But it is not Jacob's first time. He follows A24 much closer than I do, although I am a big fan of the studio. So, Jacob, do you want to tell us who's in it, what it's about, and th- about the director a little bit? Yeah, Alex Garland. He is actually one of my favorite directors. Uh, unfortunately, he's only directed two things, or three things, technically. He directed Ex Machina, which is his first. Um, Annihilation, which is another sci- great sci-fi movie. And then he made the miniseries, or uh, yeah, miniseries, um, Devs, it's called. Uh, I think it was on FX, which was really well done as well. Um, but yeah, he's a great sci-fi director. Um, I guess he's still kind of up and coming since he really only has three things up, but he's three for three in my book right now. Um, and I'm super excited to see what he does next. I'm not even sure what he's working on right now, but I'm sure something great. But yeah, Ex Machina is um, his first film, his debut, his uh, drama sci-fi thriller, I guess. And it is about a young programmer who is selected to participate in a groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a highly advanced humanoid AI. Um, yeah, it hurts my head. Um, so Alex Garland said about this movie with the AI stuff, um, this movie could happen 10 minutes from now because he thinks of Google or Apple or somebody put their heads to it they would do it they would make it mm. um which i he was like 
you'd be surprised, but you wouldn't be that surprised, which I 100% agree with. I guarantee um, you this is happening right now. Oh, there's like AI chatbots out there. I sent this to you last night when I was watching the movie. There's one called Replica that I had seen on Twitter yesterday morning. And apparently like tons of people use it. And it's like a really responsive, really realistic chatbot. And I downloaded it and it scared the hell out of me because I was watching it. I had used it a little bit as he was talking to Ava and I was like asking it similar types of questions and it was getting similar types of answers. And I was like, oh, this is terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's always been development. Like, I don't know if you remember uh, Watson, IBM Watson on right. Jeopardy when they had him kind of answering questions like instantly. Um, mm -hmm. They had that... Um, forget the name of it but that russian robot that was actually like a real robot um and I've, it didn't look that realistic yeah. but i remember it had that thing kind of like walking and talking and right. now they're doing the uh the boston dynamic like creature ones that are doing backflips and knocking down buildings uh, if we get a little ai times boston dynamics we're getting terminators oh yeah um that is the start of skynet oh my god yeah which I guess is the ending of this movie. Yeah, I don't, the ending is a lot to talk about. Um, before we get into that real quick, I just wanted to get into some reception stuff uh, from this movie. Super well received. Um, I hate Rotten Tomatoes, but a lot of people use it as a weight. Uh, it's a 92% fresh from critics and 86% audience score. Um, Makes sense. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a super well done movie um yeah i'd love to hear your thoughts since this is your first time it looked gorgeous oh yeah it looked amazing alex garland super talented behind the camera and he wrote this as well and the story is insane um i guess this is about the time we can get into the spoilers so fully what happens is you know uh, he uh domino gleason's character I think that's it's Domino, right? Uh, Caleb meets Oscar Isaac's character after he wins this contest, and Oscar Isaac's character is named Nathan, and he's creating this AI, and he's having Caleb test it to see if he can tell if it's, you know, if it's really basically alive, like if it's pretty much a human. And They're doing the Turing test. Yeah, and uh, and it's looking like Ava is pretty much foot like fully alive which this movie's big question is what does it mean to be alive like what does it mean to have a soul and it really makes you think a lot about that and then you find out uh nathan's just been building these ai bots and then using them for parts to make new and better ones and he's also like weirdly keeping some of them like locked up and then like there's this whole dynamic with the oldest model named Kyoko that he's like using as like a waitress and then also like a sex bot but it also kind of has like a pretty sophisticated AI and it's all very weird and um the stuff if with Ava is 100% a psychopath yes he is and like also part of it with Ava is you're like oh is she just using uh is like Nathan using Ava to try, try and mess with Caleb like is she programmed to do all this stuff and then pretty much what you find out in the end is that Ava was pretty much playing everybody and played Caleb to free her. And then she was supposed to like take him with her. I guess he was supposed to take her with him. 
and she just locked him in a room and said, see you later. And Do you think just, Nathan thought that was going to happen? That she would get out? Yeah. Like, do you think that yeah. was his end goal? I think eventually it was, but I don't think he, I don't think he saw Caleb outsmarting him. Yeah. Well, Caleb didn't really outsmart him. It was more Ava. He kind of, he did though, because when Nathan planted the camera, like that ran on batteries, because he knew Ava was doing the blackouts. Um, Caleb said, all right, so like tonight I'm going to get him drunk and switch it so that the blackouts open all the doors. And he goes, and Nathan figures that out, obviously. And Nathan's like, all right, well, I'm just not going to get drunk tonight. And like, this isn't going to happen. And I'm going to kill you and nobody's ever going to know what happened. You know? And Caleb goes, well, I did it last night when you were drunk. Is that something Ava told him to do? I don't, I don't think Ava... That was part of her. No. Plan. That was part of his plan. But I think Nathan just like always knew what was happening. Like Nathan knew this was more than just a Turing test. Then, because Caleb just thought this was kind of just like a regular test to see if she was a robot. Like he never expected like this whole breakout thing to happen. I don't think. I think that was kind of Ava just like luring him into it. And and Nathan was like all for it. He's like, yeah, let's see where this goes. Almost. I did think Nathan wanted to see where it went. He obviously did, but I, I think it was a little bit of his hubris that I, I don't think he knew what fully what was happening the whole time. I think he wanted yeah. to seem like that. Right. But he, yeah, he was also really drunk at the time. He's crazy. He had some right. robots as slaves. Like he obviously wanted to hoard this stuff kind of for himself and didn't yeah. want to get out. And we obviously uh, saw how smart these robots are and that they could be used in real world, pra- real world practice, but he's keeping it for I, himself. There was a good 10 minutes of that movie where I was like, oh man, we're going to go, we're going to go Blade Runner route and this robot's going to get pregnant and make like a half <laughs> robot, half human baby. Oh man. Did uh, Caleb, he was one horny dude during this thing. Yeah, they, yeah, it was weird. But I think, or my prediction, or I guess theory is, I think most people agree with this, is that they chose Nathan because he was kind of like the, the stereotypical loner. He was uh, a loser. Yeah, he was like a loser basically at the company. And that's kind of why they chose him specifically. He wasn't random. Um, it's, it's a trip of a movie. Um, I thought... Uh, Alicia uh, Vikander, Vikander, who played Ava, was fantastic. I thought she was also amazing, too. Looks a lot like Natalie Portman. Uh, yeah, that's because you only really could see her frontal face. That was about it. Yeah, and I just think she had a very similar face. Yeah, people um, don't really give her enough credit because she's playing like a robot and she's very like monotone and doesn't have many emotions. But like, she was so good at playing a robot. And also, she was in a motion capture suit the whole time, so she was doing all the movements of Ava, too, and she was, like, so fluid, yet, like, convincingly so robotic, too. Like, she did such a good job with the movement, making it seem, like, very robotic. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. her Incredible body and... control. Um, I just, I couldn't get, I was, it was, a lot of it was just, like, chilling to me, like, what was happening, you know? Because, like, the way, like, this, Nathan was, pr- like, hey, all right, if, like, I were to release her, like, 
we would be extinct pretty much. Like she, this would take over, mm-hmm. which is true. I mean, a hundred percent. What did you think of the ending? Oh, brutal play by Ava. Oh yeah. And like Donald Gleeson, that was Donald Gleeson was really good throughout the movie, but that part specifically, what I thought was amazing, like his just confusion and then pan- panic and then anger and then just like eventually just giving up, like I thought was a really really fantastic sequence from him. Yeah, and it, it made perfect sense. Like that was bound to happen because Caleb knew she was like a robot from the beginning, basically. Yet she's still, or he still frees her because he's mm-hmm. just like, he's convincingly so in love with this robot, basically. And that, I guess that's the point of the whole test and the movie itself is that like he gained enough feelings for this robot to want to free her of this, of his like owner or her owner. Well, that I think that's where the real question of the movie comes in. And this is going to get really philosophical is it's what does it mean to have a soul? What does it mean to be alive? And I think. Right the real test was like, Nathan was like, uh, it's harder for you to think she's real uh, if you know she's a robot. And I think also what it meant was, I want to see if I can make this kid fall in love with a robot. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, yeah, Nathan kind of already knew that the Turing test would, he would pass. Yeah. Because because I think the idea is that love is supposed to be like the soul-to-soul connection kind of mm-hmm. and a, and the movie's whole question is what does it mean to have soul and so I think Nathan's idea of the test was if this kid falls in love with it then that means it's successful and then I can keep improving yeah and back to the ideal candidate right and so the I think that's what the question is though like to have a soul do you have to be flesh and blood or can you be a highly advanced computer program that is i mean she feels emotion i th- i don't think she's like being a hundred percent false the entire time trying to manipulate him i think i think at some things she did feel uh yeah. she had feelings i think i don't know i think which she- i guess is part of the question I think she had feelings, but not towards Caleb. I think she was totally playing that. Caleb the whole time. I think she was playing Caleb too, but um, but yeah, yeah, she definitely yeah, did have feelings because she wanted to be free. I feel like if she didn't have feelings, she wouldn't be trying to like get free. Like she wouldn't care, you know. Yeah, but she she cared about like being trapped and wanting to like explore the world or whatever or dominate the world. Which right, do you think then, she did? Do you think if she when she got out, did she like go and like take over the world? Well, that I don't think she did. She ever say that was what her plan was? I think she said. No. I know she said she wanted to go to an intersection, and it's because she wanted to observe people. I think right, it's a Pinocchio kind of thing where she wanted to be like uh, have real experiences and be a real person, right? Or at least, or and that's and that's where it comes into is, or was she just programmed that way? Mm. It's yeah, that's good point. that's like. We can have artificial intelligence, but can we ever truly have human artificial intelligence? And then it gets even deeper when you think about the fact that we're just a bunch of like cells built up and our brain runs on electricity too. Like there's so many levels to it. I love the scene, which kind of talked about that when, well, for the whole movie, the movie's so smart in general and kind of, there's no dumb characters. Like they move on from all like the dumb tropes they were doing in the movie. But when Caleb was looking in the mirror and he was like, 
thinking if he himself was a robot and he like starts like hallucinate almost and he cut himself oh he cuts himself yeah, yeah i was like if this kid's a robot i'm going to shit my pants yeah but like he was smart like he was thinking about like all the possibilities and scenarios that could be going on right now i mean that's exactly what i would think too i would be like this is this is this i'm a robot like <laughs> yeah a robot i'm a robot um it's insane um so i mean maybe he did want it to dominate the world because at one point nathan says one day the ais are going to look back upon us the same way we look at fossil skeletons on the plains of africa an upright ape living in dust with crude language and tools all set for extinction which is i uh, true I, that could totally happen yeah i think more than nathan wanting to for it to happen i think he knew it was inevitable like it was always going to happen and so he kind of was just letting it play out almost but is that why he was like all right i'm gonna be the guy who makes this like i'm gonna yeah maybe i don't know because he also had like um i forget her name but the slave robot or he had multiple of them yeah kyoko um he had a bunch of those so he obviously wanted control and power over them and then speaking of J. Robert Oppenheimer, um, you know, in that he, Caleb says to Nathan, uh, after Nathan talks about how um, AI could essentially wipe us out, you know, if he were to take his foot off the brake, um, Caleb quotes Oppenheimer and says, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, mm. um, which is one of my favorite quotes. And it's, it all, it makes you ask questions, I think, about what Garland intended. I think there's right? so many ways you could take this film. There's so many different levels to it. Which is why it's so great. Um, which, this is a pretty popular movie. This, I think, was a bigger poll and was answered more than Uncut Gems. And this didn't win by as big of a margin as Uncut Gems, but it got a good amount of votes. And it's kind of shocks me that this is such a popular movie. Like I've had tons of people, like, like a lot of people who are, you know, complete movie nerds like you and I, who are like, oh man, you got to watch Ex Machina. I can't believe you haven't seen Ex Machina yet. And it's such like a vague and like philosophical, 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 good Lord, philosophical film that like, I'm surprised it's it's caught on so well. Like it definitely, I would say, has a pretty good cult following. Yeah. And no, I'm surprised too. But also, this movie is kind of similar in vain to like Black Mirror in a way. And Black Mirror is very popular. Um. Yeah. And it came. It was. Yeah, it came out in 2014, which is around the time Black Mirror was like kind of hitting its stride. Domhnall Gleeson in 2013 had played like an artificial intelligence himself in one of those episodes mm. oh right like yeah. be right back i think was the name of it i'm not even yep. looking at it that one just really stuck with me because it yeah. freaked me the hell out that's a great episode um, yeah i think just like the themes of like future technology and ai especially in like 2014 was very popular and i mean they still are they're never it's never not going to be yeah. um i mean like i said like if you're i i you too and you know the listeners need to look into this replica thing it was having like a i should have saved the conversation it was having like a full-blown conversation with me and it was uh, like it, it was like 
like it said what are you doing and i was like i'm watching a movie called ex machina it's about an artificial intelligence system and it was like oh wow i'd love to watch that and i was like don't what if it's just like an actual guy just like a loner on the other end just responding to you some dude in russia like (laughs) yeah oh yeah i'd love to watch this movie what are you doing tonight yeah what are you wearing um (laughs) do you think nathan was gonna put his fist through the jackson pollock uh, I thought that was coming. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. He did he tear was, up that uh that picture though. For, yeah, uh, no. I just thought he didn't know. like art. By the way, we gotta talk about it. The dance scene. Oh no, we don't have to talk about that. I don't need to talk about that. That <laughs> Dude, ruined my best, night. What? Dude, it's the best scene. Why ever. are they insane? I watch it once a week. I watch that scene <laughs> once a week. It's amazing. I, oh, I meant to. I did actually have a question about that. Um, all right. <laughs> better, uh, better dancer, Oscar Isaac, or oh fuck, oh, of course I'm blanking. Or Mads Mikkelsen. There we go. Oscar <laughs> Isaac or Mads Mikkelsen. Just in general, or better movie dancer. Better movie dancer. What what specific one are we talking about from Mads? Let's do let's do another round versus another round um, okay. versus Ex Machina. He was very good in another round. It's ridiculous in another round. Especially at the end. That dance scene was awesome. But I don't know. I feel like just because in Ex Machina, it was so unexpected and just so out there. It, it is just, so weird. It blew my mind when you first see it because it's completely a different tone shift. It's a 180. Like right before that, it's a super serious moment. And then it's all of a sudden turns into a dancing. Oh, it's like I thought. We, I, the whole time I thought Oscar Isaac wanted to watch Caleb have sex. <laughs> yeah, right? that's like his fetish. That's what I thought because he was talking about like, oh, Caleb, you should hook up with the with Ava. And then he's like, oh, da-, he's like, dance, dance with Kyoko, dance with her. She my, loves to dance. My favorite quote from the movie was when, um, in that room. I think he's talking to Kyoko about like Nathan before he walks in, but then Nathan walks in and he walks up to him and is like, you tore up that, you tore up her picture talking about like Ava and that picture. And he goes, I'm going to fucking tear up this dance floor, dude. Check it out. <laughs> this walks yeah. out. So it's break dancing. It's incredible. Yeah. But I think but that it- scene was to show kind of how Nathan has just gone past he's gone into the deep end and it's just like insane this is this drunk insane dude just doing whatever in this basement full of ai robots well yeah he lives alone and has no other interaction besides this artificial intelligence yeah so yeah i think the whole um, point of that scene was just to show how insane he is and how and past the deep end he is like and his compound you know like that guy he's like when are we gonna get to the compound and the guy's like we've been over it for two hours like yeah this guy is the maximum excessive and paranoid and can't have anyone around him um you know that i'm actually looking at that property as the uh, animation broadcast and cinema headquarters that's it's just going to be you and me on opposite ends of the compound dude that (laughs) uh, that compound is so beautiful it's like one of the most like beautiful places i've seen it's incredible movie screening rooms no i meant the property like we're gonna be two hours away from each other but on the same property and, oh, we're okay, gonna, okay. and we're gonna meet in the middle and we're gonna do the podcast once a week and then we're gonna drive away we're gonna helicopter away 
Yeah, we'll have our AI robots. Right. <laughs> we'll be flying uh, the helicopters. God, it was, and it was a really gorgeous setting. Props to Garland for choosing that. That was fantastic. Yeah, actually, I read because I, I was like, where is this house? Like, I want to go to this house. It's actually a hotel. I forget where. Not in America, but it's a hotel, which is really cool. It's definitely not in America. <laughs> um, but it was a, I looked at uh, like spending a night there and it's very expensive. It's 200 a night in Norway. It's 200 a night? The different parts of it. Yeah, I'm sure the nice part, which they filmed in, is not, it's very expensive. Like the living room area, I think where he first meets him. Mm-hmm. Is, With that view? It's, it's 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 legitimately just a small box kind of mm-hmm. that's what it looks like at least and um it's two it says it's two hundred dollars a night i'm i probably looked at it right when the movie came out when i saw it and that's probably when it was super popular because everyone was probably looking at it and they raised the prices most likely it is the whole it is the whole thing i think they use for it but there's different little pods maybe yeah I mean, it's, it's a hotel, so it's definitely big. I'm sure they didn't use all of it, but yeah, beautiful setting. Gorgeous. Yeah, that's awesome. Norway, though, that's a trip. Um, Want to go? One, yeah, one little fact. Uh, that's where, that's where we're going to have the one-year anniversary party of Animation Broadcast Cinema. That's where, <laughs> yes. we're gonna do the live, that's where we're going to do the live show from. Love it. Um, all right, so this movie had a budget of $15 million, and the recipient of the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects uh, in the years after this were The Revenant, which had a $135 million budget, Mad Max Fury Road, which had a $150 million budget, and start, wait, what? Oh, no, I completely read that wrong. Oh, my God. This is even more insane. $15 million budget for Ex Machina, Mm -hmm. and the others nominated were The Revenant, with a $135 million budget, Star Wars Episode Seven with a $150 million budget, and The Force Awakens with a $200 million budget. Yeah. And this $15 million movie won for best visual effects. Well, yeah, but there really was only one visual effect, which was Ava. I know, but I think the level of detail around it was insane. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying the reason why it's only 15 million is because it was just Ava they're working on. And they put a lot of effort into Ava. And the arms coming off and shit. Oh, beautiful. It was so well done. Her her brain, how you can like see through it. Yeah. The skin peeling shit. Oh, yeah. It was really good. It was all really well done. This is is good stuff. Yeah. Um, Which is, I feel like, is a great analysis that people tune in for. It's good. (laughs) <laughs> no it was beautifully designed and it's still like all day i was thinking about like was she really alive or was she programmed to want to be alive or how much of it was her learning on the spot yeah i don't know because obviously he programmed kyoko to like not want that type of stuff to not want to like right. be free and just kind of be monotone but she also was capable of learning too because she turns on him yeah, that's true. But I wonder if that's like a, a robot to robot or AI to AI connection. Maybe. Do you think it's like a, like when she was whispering in her ear, she was talking pretty much like binary code, maybe? Yeah, maybe Ava just like knew a way to like hack into her brain or something. So no, she's technically, <laughs> she's technically like the next 
level after Kyoko, right? Yeah, I mean, basically. Like they, wipe, like, they wipe her brain, but keep her, like, learning abilities. Yeah, she was kind of like the new beta test, almost. By the way, what did you, what did you think of the death scene when they stab Nathan? Uh, that was really good. I thought it was so well done and so creepy how when she was like, when Ava was running towards him initially, how it was like so silent, yeah. but so like fluid. And also like the, the uh. knife stabbing itself was so silent. Like, I feel like usually in movies you're like the, shh, shh. Didn't even realize it happened at first. It was just like, yeah, it was so smooth the way they did it. The opposite of malignant. Yeah, very much so, yeah. It was, yeah, man, it's all, it was crazy. Um, And then like Oscar Isaac kind of just, like stumbling towards the hall into the hallway and just like with the breathing and i because i really i don't like i that right there is where i was like all right he didn't think this was gonna happen because she's shocked yeah i agree with that i don't think he ever thought that uh that he would be stabbed but i don't think yeah, she maybe turn. yeah maybe she thought that they she would spare nathan when she got free yeah but because obviously he had a, he was power hungry, um, so I he mean, probably never even thought that. He says at one point that he's like her father. Mm-hmm. Then he the way he like the way he tries to like command her at the end is like a father. He's like he's like all right, we're done. Enough. Stop. We're done. Like yeah. Good point. That's crazy. I, I'm also shocked that she didn't pre- essentially just have like superhuman strength. Like I thought. For some reason, she would, because she like he got he can flip he flips her over pretty much and then knocks her arm off with a wrench. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, maybe he, he did that on purpose, just in case maybe. this would happen. But that's why another reason why I don't I think like he didn't want her to take over the world. You know. Mm, yeah. I also thought Kyoko was gonna end up being like I I I was like oh Kyoko's a corporate spy because of how much she was paying attention to everything and then uh, I was like oh that's not this kind of movie <laughs> like it's a good theory though yeah she was like she was like looking at the security camera and like turning his head and turn her head yeah you definitely knew something was up with her yeah it was that's a great movie um yeah, I'm glad you liked def- it. I'm definitely gonna have to revisit um, Alicia yeah, sure. Alicia Vikander. Vikander, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, her real life partner is Michael Fassbender. Really? And interesting because he plays David in Prometheus and Alien. Who's oh. another synthetic like AI? That's another thing with this movie. I was like, this is giving me like Blade Runner vibes when he's doing like the tests to see if uh, what's her name is a. Uh, replicant or not rebecca is that her name yes Harrison Ford. yes i know what you're talking about rebecca where the super fast questions yeah and it's measuring the eyes and stuff like i obviously yep. just like that but yeah a little bit i can totally see the the resemblance rachel not rebecca um yes yeah blade runner that's a that's a real stay tuned for the pod that's, for sure that's one of you have you seen that movie are you better say no you haven't seen that movie of course i've seen that movie i don't <laughs> no, no that's true a, you that's haven't true. seen a bunch of movies man i haven't seen a lot of old ones that is one of the old ones i saw because 
I knew the only reason I saw it was because Blade War Blade Runner 2049 was coming out, and I'm like, I gotta see the first one before oh, I see this yeah, one. So. That's the only reason you saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you're all the better for it. That's one, I mean, one of that the greatest great movies. One of the most influential sci-fi movies of all time. Just only, only, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I should have got around to it, but I, now I had a reason. Oh man. And I've watched it multiple times since then. So it's it's I love I have like I bought the 4K I have that 4K in 2049 on 4K and so like when I'll go like I do like a yearly trip to Vegas with my dad and um some and like my dad's friends and their sons and stuff and I always watch Blade Runner on the way there and 2049 on the way back. Nice. So I got the 4K versions, man. They're great. Director's cut. Oh, director's cut. Gotta. Yeah. It's the way to go. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Two movies coming out this year, too. Can't wait for those. Love some Ridley Scott. Wait, The Last Duel and what else? Um, House of Gucci is his. Right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, do you have any last thoughts on this movie? Any last brain, brain teasers? Uh, No brain teasers, but, I mean, I love this movie. It's uh, incredible characters. Um, it's very smart really well done there's no fluff it's, it's very straight to the point the whole way that was um, something i was actually very like happy about i was uh kind of like pressed for time when i had to put this movie on and i was like okay i need to like get all this stuff done before i watch this movie um because i was expecting it to be at least two hours and i look and it's like an hour and 30 minutes hour 46 like total yeah. but it didn't waste no like, time it ended up being like 10 minutes of credits. It was like an hour 38 total runtime. And I was like, oh my God. Awesome. Perfect. Especially in in out. The, yeah. Especially in the beginning of the movie when we see him getting the email and like going on the plane, like that all happens in like the first five minutes of the movie. And that easily could have been stretched into like 30 minutes. When he's not, you see him at work, you see him bored at work, like twiddling his thumbs. You see him get the email, get all excited, go packing. I just get right into it, which is great. I don't think it's you even no see the could you don't even see like the confirmation email it's literally just somebody's like congratulations like it's just a bunch of congratulations text and then people walking up to him and then he's on the way yeah fantastic it's amazing we need, yeah, that's, more movies more like that. that oh my god i, I love no being in i'll spend as much time in a movie theater as i can but like if i can get it in and out in an hour and a half and like you tell me the story without all this unnecessary shit perfect I'm happy. There are some great two-hour and 30-minute movies out there, but as long as they have no fluff, it's fine. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of my favorite movies ever. It's like a three-hour-long movie. Yeah. Two-hour 30, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, Endgame. I think that one needed to be three hours. That's a, like, that one definitely example. could have been longer, and I don't think anyone would have been upset about that. <laughs> They're talking about a six-hour cut, and you know what? Give it to me. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. All right. Um, if you don't have any last thoughts, uh, you want to plug your Twitter or your letterbox real quick? Sure. Yeah. If you want to see my socials, uh, my shitty reviews, they're on um, my letterbox, I think, at Jacob Rodier, Jacob underscore Rodier. Uh, my Twitter, I think, is jrodier416. Um, I don't really post much there because of my work. So if you want to check out my work, go for it. But yeah. That's why I said to plug your Twitter so they can see your work. Um, 
And I am at Bill Allen 22 on Twitter, and I'll talk a lot about this podcast. And then you can also follow the show at ABC Movie Show on Twitter. You can follow the host magazine at Album Book Club One on Twitter. And then you can follow my letterbox if you want to see um, what I'm watching. And I'll also make lists around this show when it when we get to a couple of things we have planned that I'll need lists for to organize. Um, yeah. And it's Ballon 22, B Allen 22 for the uh, letterbox. Um, what's your rating of this movie out of five letterbox style? Out of five, I think the th- reason with five is like sometimes I give movies five stars even if they're not five stars like they're like 95 out of 100 because i feel like that five star has a little like wiggle room you know yeah i 100 I agree i give movies five stars that are like bad movies but i just enjoy <laughs> yeah well there's that too but i mean like yeah. i feel like five stars is like a like a 90 to like 100 almost maybe. right i agree with that so yeah i give this movie five stars yeah i i do like i'll do the half star if i think it's a high b mm-hmm. pretty much um yeah. i give it i i reviewed it last night on my letterbox and i gave it five stars i need to start reviewing them on letterbox after because that might give away some show stuff um <laughs> i gave it five stars it, i think my entire review of it was just huh <laughs> <laughs> have you seen annihilation a second movie um i think i actually started it once and then i like got distracted by something and turned it off uh, <laughs> wow but i it was like two minutes in so i was nowhere near invested okay. to it okay. my and gave me the book and i did not read it oh interesting yeah i heard the the book no but i want to it's on my list so i think i might get around to it soon because i love the movie so much i heard the book's pretty good yeah i'm sure it is i mean the movie's insane you should definitely check it out soon i i might watch that tonight honestly i i kind of have been trying to hit some clint eastwood stuff though because i'm so pumped this one Um, definitely is it's definitely like a more like what the fuck and like it it's definitely sci-fi and kind of the same as ex machina but it definitely has a lot of crazier things happening than this one i might watch in the line of fire tonight the clint eastwood movie this mm. i think he's he could he's the one he's like a secret service agent who let jfk get killed and now an assassin's coming after another president i think this one's a fake one and he's either like, one not let it happen again Either one of those uh, sound good, but yeah, I definitely oh, recommend fun. Annihilation. It's on my list. It's, you can, and yeah, and also if you Natalie Portman, all female oh, cast yeah. for the most part, and Oscar Isaac. I do like the cast. I do like the cast of Annihilation. Um, Oscar Isaac in sci-fi is just, it's hard to miss. Yeah, I mean, after this, he went to freaking Star Wars. He did Star Wars Dune. Yeah, he's I'm everywhere. I'm so pumped for Dune. Bald also uh, also I will say this as a last parting shot. Bald Oscar Isaac gave me some real uncomfy vibes. Yeah, it was a little I weird. And the beard. I, yeah. Bald and the beard. Bald and I could do both. Like I think he has both for Dune, mm-hmm. but I can't I can't do bald and beard. I can't do that. That it was definitely weird. was a look. You know what? Oh, I, I totally wrote this down and meant to say, it, but I forgot. I'll get this off too. He started off pretty much doing like Jake Johnson from New Girl and then got super crazy. He was just like a super chill guy at the beginning, like drinking beer, like casually drinking and shit. Like, yeah, not as lazy as Jake Johnson's character in New Girl, but it was really similar. Just like a 
kind of nice, chill, funny guy. Like to have some beers and hang out. I think in the beginning, casual too. He was more. Yeah, I think in the beginning, Nathan was more just trying to like ease in Caleb, right. and not really like show his true self yet. It was a. It wasn't even easing in. It was a total shift. It was like he wanted him to think he was like some comfortable, nice, friendly dude, and then all of a sudden he's actually fucking insane and does nothing right. but build robots for him to play with in his basement yeah and i'm sure he was just getting drunker and crazier as i went along oh yeah that's a very like cabin fever-esque movie when you think yeah. about it in that aspect yeah his room had fucking no windows yeah that's gotta make drive you a little mad mm-hmm. and also his his room also was surrounded in mirrors and behind the mirror were the robot slaves it was just bad vibes all around for that guy's room yeah cement walls and floor oh jesus all right um that's all i got you got anything else no yeah definitely check it out if you have not seen it and you've made it this far uh, i i hope you have you've seen it if you've made it this far because <laughs> if not there's no point in seeing it yeah <laughs> actually there is a point in seeing it it's something that it's a very it, great visual spectacle yeah check out um, annihilation if you have not seen that which is the second film yes and um, devs which i think is on hulu uh every tv shows on hulu pretty much yeah and if not i'm sure everybody's tech savvy that listens to this you can find it it's out there yeah i'm not i'm not gonna say where to find it but it's out there wink wink nudge nudge the realm. yeah that realm. all right well, Jacob, thanks for knocking out another episode with me. Um, replacing this for the poll next week, we decided will be uh, Swiss Army Man starring Daniel Radcliffe as a very interesting corpse. Very interesting. Um, so now the po- movies on the poll are Lady Bird, Mid-90s, Swiss Army Man, and American Honey. Yeah, all great movies. All great movies. So uh, the poll will be up either Friday night or Saturday morning or Sunday if I'm feeling lazy. (laughs) Go vote. Yes, go vote uh, for whatever movie you want us to watch. And also, I've also, real quick, (laughs) I keep dragging on. uh, I've gotten a lot of people asking me to, like, put on these different A24 horror movies. Either we're going to have an A24 horror week for October or we're going to have them sprinkled throughout our different categories. Like there's tons of A24 horror movies that we love. We're not going right. to miss those. Yeah, 100%. All right. Uh, I think that's it for us, Jacob. I'll see you next time. Till next time, my man.